And here is the rich and hearty green of alfalfa. The Outline World Dispatch. It's Wednesday, January 17th, 2018. I'm Aaron Edwards. Today on The Dispatch, the Microsoft Surface has invaded our televisions. And it's been one year since Vine shut down. What happens to the Vine stars who don't make it big? Here's The Dispatch. The future. My boyfriend was watching Daredevil the critically acclaimed uh, television show. Adrian Jeffries is a senior editor here at The Outline. And in the first or second episode, this guy, he's like sitting in a park eating a sandwich, and then this ominous looking man in a suit comes up. Plenty of room over there, do you mind? 28,957. Basically threatens his daughter, but he does it with a Microsoft Surface where he just like whips it out, sets it up on its little kickstand. What is it about college girls and Monet t-shirts? Call her. Uh, but this was supposed to be this big dramatic scene with this, like, thug threatening this former cop. And uh, I was just like, all I could think about was, like, really? Like, the surface? Tell me about the Microsoft Surface. The Microsoft Surface is a hybrid tablet computer. It's 10.6 inch optically bonded widescreen display is custom designed but for Surface. It had a bumpy start. People were like, what is this thing? I don't get it. The keyboard detaches. It's weird. And it's gotten a lot better since then. It's now selling pretty well. But... The one thing that hasn't changed and has actually gotten more heavy-handed is Microsoft's product placement for the Surface in movies and TV. I think it takes you out of the moment for one thing, and the other thing is just that, to me, I feel condescended to. Like, because it is so heavy-handed, because it's on screen for so long, because it's put in the hands of very improbable users, like, you know, like, do you think I'm an idiot? Like, do you think I'm really, like, do you think I'm buying this? Because I'm not. Tell me about Story Stretch. So, <laughs> Microsoft is pushing this thing even further with this thing it calls Story Stretch, where it is adding commercials that air during the commercial break, but they appear to be part of the show. So you imagine the show is going to like end at like 8.35, and then a commercial break will come in for five minutes. The first commercial of that commercial break will be another 60 seconds of the same scene, except now it's an ad. And you sort of, like, maybe you can tell, maybe you can't tell. This is, like, the characters from the show, a scene from the show, a storyline from the show, except now it's an ad, and it has even more heavy-handed product placement. This sounds terrible. (laughs) It's a lot. So they did this on uh, Blackish. It is the characters brainstorming an ad for the surface. Okay. Guys, brainstorming. Remember, there's no such thing as a bad idea. Okay. How about we wait? Wait, wait. Dre, anything? Okay. Surface for business because we stress how user-friendly it is. I'm sure that they're not very forthcoming with this information, but is there any indication that these ads are working? That's a good question. The Surface has gotten much better reviews. It is considered to be 
like kind of a 180 in terms of going from a total joke to being a serious computer that people think is good. And Gadget said it went from flop to contender in five years. But sales are kind of up and down. They've had a couple quarters where they missed their projections. And they still have not really a significant market share. Like even Apple doesn't have that significant a market share. The computers that people are buying, the laptops people are buying, are from Dell, HP, and Lenovo because they're more affordable. That's where the sales are. So actually, if you see even app products outside of like a creative setting, again, musicians, artists, then it that also kind of stretches the imagination too. I feel like I definitely see Apple products on TV so much that at this point, it just seems intrinsic to any world on television. Is it fair to say that that might be a goal of these other products is just to become so ubiquitous that you just stop asking questions about seeing the thing? I think that could be it. Um, it does kind of feel like Hollywood is in this alternate universe where all computers have been replaced by surfaces. In the fictional, like, fantastical universe of Hollywood, this is what a computer is. We all have surfaces and we're right. all using them to do detective work and to yes. hack and to draw things. Yeah. Adrian Jeffries is a senior editor at The Outline. Thanks, Adrian. Thanks, Aaron. Culture. My favorite vine is... And Derek Gaillot is a staff writer at The Outline. The Apple Care Lady, which is the white lady who walks into an Apple Care and just starts screaming. I was told by Apple Care <laughs> that I can walk into the store and get, and get the part. I was told by Apple Care that I could walk in the store and get the part. Wait, what's yours? It's hard to say what my favorite vine is because there's so many amazing ones, obviously. But the one that I was thinking a lot about which is kind of like a quintessential vine, is the do it for the vine girl. Yeah. Like the, the, the black girl in her little ballet get up and she's like getting amped up and she's like, do it for the vine. Yeah, I'm gonna do it. It's very sweet. It's very Classic. special to me. Do it for the vine. Do it for the vine. I'm gonna do it. Do it for the vine. I'm gonna do it. Do it for the vine. Do it for the vine. It's been one year since Vine, the looping video app, was shut down by Twitter. Market news Twitter is discontinuing Vine. Now, it was the app famous for videos lasting just six seconds. Well, it looks like the Vine has withered and died. No, not Vine. It was my favorite part of the internet. And like Anne, I loved Vine. My first Vine was at work. I just did this really bad six second video of a Beyonce photo. And as the Vine app continued to progress, I noticed that people were getting more creative, especially black folks. They were making these incredibly funny videos that were kind of already adaptations of black humor online as it was. I think the thing that I love most about Vine is just how its quickness lent itself to jokes that are kind of understandable only to certain groups of people. So the Law and Order Vine by Christiana Gillis is instantly recognizable to people who have watched tons and tons of Law and Order SVU mouth, mouthing along with the 
intro, but you know, to that's, other people. That's the one where she. That's the one where she sort of mimics the intro to SVU, where it's like, "This is the special victims unit." Is that that one? Yes, exactly. Kind of and then yeah. does this like super quick cut of her facial expressions to each like dun dun. Known as the special victims unit, these are their stories. It's interesting that you mentioned Cristiano, who's someone that you spoke to recently about the demise of Vine and, you know, sort of what she's been doing in this past year. So tell me about Cristiano. Who is she? Yes, Cristiana, she on Vine, she created under the username Natural Example, and she made a lot of comedic vines just about things in her life, like hanging out with her friends in her dorm room or just like memories from her youth um, that were really, really funny vines. And she got quite a bit of attention on Vine, got viewers, um, got followers up into the hundreds of thousands. She wasn't like a Lele Pons level fame, um, famous Viner, but she was someone who was a really big part of the community and made a lot of really popular Vines. I put my phone down and I just went back to regular life. I think at the time I was working at night, so I recorded it right before I went to work. And when I came back, like my phone's notifications were just going crazy. I'm like, what's going on? One day in the mail, my mom was like, you received a package and it had Vine on it. I was like, what? And so I opened it up and it was just a lot of things from Vine, like an amazing quality cap. And then the super heartfelt note. Um, I really love the note because they hand wrote the note. It wasn't something that was just printed. So, hey, Christiana, thank you for being a wonderful and unique partner of the Vine community. We love you. After Vine, a lot of the bigger creators migrated to Instagram and YouTube and did marketing videos and comedy videos and channels on those outlets. But Christiana kind of stepped out of the whole content creation game and um, people who are fans of her work were kind of wondering where she went. So, So what has she been up to? After Vine ended, Christiana had a lot of big changes in her life. Her mother became really ill and had to get radiation treatment. She lost her car, and she also just lost this creative outlet that she would turn to every day to get her ideas out and to, you know, do something creative. So over the past year, she's been working really hard at a car dealership, um, raising money to help pay her mother's medical bills, and she's been doing a lot of work building a creative community in Memphis, working on her own abilities to deal with harassment, which is something she faced a lot of on Vine, and also just kind of observing the way the social media content world is now and seeing how she wants to jump back into that world. She hasn't made a lot of videos for YouTube and Instagram, like I said before, but she is trying to figure out a way to get that quick humor that she developed on Vine um, into a brand or a, a social media channel. It's no small fact, too, that Christiana and the people who she surrounds herself with are primarily, if not exclusively, Black creators. And... I think that their experiences are pretty unique to other people on the platform when it did exist. So 
What did you observe was particular to to their experiences and how they viewed Vine one year after it shut down? Right. So there's almost two phases in how Christiana and her friends and a lot of other Black users from Vine view the app. There's like this, like in the beginning time, it was a really they see it as like a really pure creative space where a lot of different young people, especially black people, were making really funny videos, were like making great dance videos, starting trends and sharing ideas across vines. And then at a certain point in Vine's history, there came a time where um, work by like less less celebrated black creators was being appropriated and stolen and copied by bigger creators. Please welcome Logan Paul. I started off on Vine, that's where I blew up, and uh, eventually switched to Instagram and Facebook videos and then YouTube, and now it's like, I'm yeah, out here. It's crazy. <laughs> the like biggest example of this is Peaches Monroe, who coined the term on fleek, which became from her Vine a huge phrase that was used to market all types of things was used in different songs. We in this beach, finna get crunk. Abra's on fleek, the fuck. But she never got um, compensation for what was essentially her intellectual property. So I think the experience that Christiana had and a lot of young black creators had on Vine is that they would popularize a certain joke or a certain trend and not really see the type of returns on it that people like Jake or Logan Paul saw for their prank videos. Why do you think that Black creators don't really have as much success outside of Vine? One thing she expressed was that if she wasn't going to be the girlfriend, the side chick, the mammy, the Jezebel, then some she wasn't able to appeal to a lot of audiences that she would have otherwise had she stuck within those stereotypes and those boundaries. I was like, I'm not going to be the side chick. I'm not going to be doing all this stuff. And he was like, yeah. shoot, that was all my ideas. You're looking at your book like, okay. cross that out. <laughs> Recently, we've heard an announcement from the founder of Vine that V2 or Vine 2.0 or whatever the name they land on is possibly coming down the road. Are you optimistic about it? Am I optimistic? That's a good question, Aaron. I'm actually not that optimistic about it. I think that Vine, Vine 2 could be really, I mean, I'm not sure. I've been wrong a million times before in my life, but I feel like the magic that was with the original Vine, where it was such a new thing where people didn't have these preconceived rules or notions about what a Vine should be and everyone was experimenting was really where the magic was. And unless they can kind of recreate that organic discovery and creation that they had with the early days of the first Vine, I'm not sure it won't become just a venue or a vehicle for sponsored content or something. Hopefully Vine 2 will be dope. Don't tell uh, Jake Paul, Lele Pons, if they if you tell them, they can't be on here. And Derek Gallo is a staff writer at The Outline. Thanks, Anne. Thanks, Aaron. That's it for The Dispatch. Today, we featured stories by Anne Derek Gallo and Adrian Jeffries. We're produced by James T. Green. 
You can get new episodes every morning by subscribing on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, or anywhere you listen to podcasts. I'm Aaron Edwards. Thanks for listening. We'll be back tomorrow with more stories.